Well, good morning. Welcome, welcome. So good to see you. So glad that you're here. Uh, I want to welcome everyone. My name is uh, Chris. I am the campus pastor here at Milestone McKinney. And as Alex said, each and every week it's someone's first time. And uh, we're thrilled that you joined us today. If I hadn't had a chance to meet you before service, I look forward to meeting you after service. So thank you again for joining us today. Now you may be here and you're saying, prepare. What am I preparing for? What is prepare? I don't know. Am I prepared? Am I not prepared? All of us want to be prepared. You know what? None of us want to go into a situation where we go, yeah, I'd really like to not be prepared. What is prepared? Well, well, this is a time that we take every year. We do it at the beginning of the year. We actually did a very special one in the fall, which is the first time we'd ever done that. And this is a time that we take where we become very intentional about spending time with God, connecting with God in a very real way. We take uh, evening services, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night. Uh, we have a message. Uh, I'll be speaking. We'll also live stream in to some of our uh, communicators. It'll be at our Keller campus. Night one, we have Dr. Tony Evans. Uh, and so I'm excited about tomorrow night, Dr. Tony Evans being with us. I'll share on Tuesday night. And then Wednesday night, we'll hear from uh, Pastor Sean Nepstad, who is out of the Bay Area. So the benefit is we're going to have an opportunity to sync up and be dialed in with our Keller campus as well as then I'll have an opportunity to share a very special message with you. But, but really, there's three things I want you to do. You go, okay, I, I want to be prepared. Okay, let me prepare you for the three things that I want you to do. Here's the first thing I'm asking you to do. Very specific and, and very much a key component to our time together over the next few days. And I really am. I'm excited about today. I'm excited about uh, the next three days together. First is this. I'm going to ask you to fast. And you're like, fast? Like, fa like, do I need to go somewhere fast? Like, what are we doing? Are we like, so don't go slow. Go fast. No, no, no. Let me explain what fasting is. Fasting is when instead of eating, you, 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 put, a, you put aside food, right? You put aside eating and for a period of time, we're going to do the next three days, okay? And, and what we do is in those moments when you're hungry, when you normally would be eating, those would be times where you set to intentionally pray and connect with God. So you are not feeding your flesh, rather you're feeding your spirit. Now, again, I, I get it. I understand there's all different types of fast. There's different ways in which you fast. You know, some of you, you're like, you're, you're like, oh, I fasted before. I'm ready. You're going all in. You're like doing nothing but water, fasting the whole way through. And, and some of you, you know, you're kind of like, well, let's on ramp. You know, some of you, you get real creative when it comes to fasting. I've seen you. You're like, if I can blend it, then I can drink it. Okay, T-bone steak, boom, minus the bone. All right, let's go. I'm going to blend that up. We're going to drink that. You know, some, you know, you love that Smoothie King, you know. Just a side note, when you pull up and it's got 2,400 calories and it says meal replacement, okay, you know, I mean, I get it. I don't know, you know, but really what it is, what are we doing? Whether you smoothie, whether you don't, whether you juice, some people, it's all about juicing. You get really into juicing and you're juicing or maybe you're doing just water. The premise is this, we're going to intentionally set aside time to connect with God. We're going to connect with God. So we're going to set aside food and we're going to intentionally fast. The Bible says that some things only happen, breakthrough, change, transformation. It only happens by prayer and fasting. Second is this, I'm going to ask you to get a guide. You may say, well, what is a guide? You may have seen these. 
<clears throat> excuse me, on your way uh, in or on your way out, we'll be handing these out. But we have these very specific guides that we have for you. There's uh, different tools in there. It really is, and that's what it is. It's a tool to help guide you as you pray about specific things. Uh, but it's also an opportunity for you to write down specific prayers, things that you're believing for God to do. And here's what I love about it, because I still have mine. The very first prepare I was at was 2016. I still have mine from 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020. I had two of them. I had prepared 2020, and then I had the one in the fall. But what are you doing? You're looking back and seeing the things that you're believing for God to do in your life and in your heart. You're seeing how he's worked and moved on your behalf. You're seeing the prayers that he's answered. And so it's a little tool we want to put in your hand. It really has become something that not only is a tool to help you in the moment, but you look back and you look through the course of the year and you see how God is working and moving in your life. And then here's the third thing I'm going to ask you to do is join us for pre-service prayer. So as I said earlier, some things happen only by prayer and fasting. So we're not fasting just to not eat. We're not trying to convince God, okay, God, I'm not eating, so do what I'm asking you to do. That's not the point. That's not the premise. The point is setting aside time to intentionally pray and to pursue God, to connect with him, to draw closer to him. And so what we do is every night, Monday night, Tuesday night, and Wednesday night, we'll have pre-service prayer in this room at 6 o'clock. Now, for some of you, that you may go, man, I mean, pray for like 30, 45 minutes prior to service. All of it is new to you. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share with you in just a little bit why this is so important. I know even now, <clears throat> excuse me, you're having to make some adjustments and think about, okay, how am I going to work my, my, my work schedule and what do I need to do in order to make sure that I'm there for pre-service prayer. But it'll be an intentional time where we come, we're going to pray over the prayer requests that are on the back wall. We're going to pray over specific prayers that we have as a church. We're going to pray over specific things happening and going on, perhaps in our country and our world, things that we're believing for God to do. But I'm telling you, when God's people come together and they fast and they pray, that's when miracles happen. That's when God begins to work and he moves. And what I love is I love seeing whether young and old. I love when our students from Elevator are in here praying with us when we're all together for prepare. I love seeing those who have come and they're being a part and they're being there for the very first time. They're like, man, I'm fasting for the first time. I'm here. This is my first time to be at prayer and seeing God work and move in people's hearts and lives. That's when miracles happen. You know, it's reminded, here, here's, I'm reminded of this premise because as I was thinking about you, I'm thinking, God, here's really what my prayer is for you. It's in moments like this that you realize that really what prepare becomes, prepare becomes like an accelerant. It's like something that accelerates what God's doing, but, but what's, what's happening is that it's really accelerating what God has ignited. My prayer for you is this, is that God would ignite your passion. God would ignite your purpose. God would ignite your vision, and you would begin to see things in a different way. That you would begin to see from his vantage point. You think about making a fire. I don't know how many of you like fires. You like making fires. Maybe some of you got a little pyrotechnic touch on you. Okay, we do have some law enforcement in the office, so they're watching. You know, who's the one that's raising your hand? You know, pyro. Okay, no, no, no. All right, I'm just talking about like lighting a fire, you know, just a good old fire, right? When it's cold outside, I don't know if it's going to snow today or not. 
Probably not, but I don't know. I mean, I don't want to rain on anyone's parade, you know, but uh, no pun intended. But uh, I don't want to snow on anyone's parade. You're like, no, please let us know, Lord. Okay, so, uh, but you like a fire. It keeps you warm. See, my kids like a fire, but they don't like a fire because it keeps them warm. I like a fire that's relaxing, you know, it's kind of crackling and popping. They don't, like, they don't care about the noise. They, they definitely don't want smoke. When my kids think of fire, you know what they think of? S'mores. Your kid's the same. Look, it's all about, I want a s'more. I mean, give me the graham crackers. Give me the chocolate. Someone introduce us to Reese's, okay, instead of chocolate. I mean, that's got a touch on it now. You know what I'm saying? Get the marshmallow. It's sticky everywhere. It's terrible. It's the worst thing in the world. It's a mess, but my kids love it. So I love it. But here's the thing about starting a fire. I don't know if you've ever started a fire. Some of you may be real proficient at starting a fire. Others, maybe not as much. But I know I can remember early on when I was younger, and maybe you've, you've thought this as well. You think about starting a fire, you know, the thought is, well, all right, well, let me get the biggest log, and let me start the biggest fire. So you start with lots of logs and big logs, and you're like, let's go. Well, here's the problem. You may be able to get that fire going just a little bit, but it ain't going to last. Because if you start a fire, you don't start with the big logs. You start with the little kindling. You get a little pieces of wood, and maybe you're in an area, there's some, some, some pine, you get some dry pine, and, and you start with that. If you're like one of these survival people, you, you've accumulated all the dryer lint out of your dryer, because apparently dryer lint is one of the best things to actually start a fire, okay? And what do you do? You start real small. And you get it going, you get that flame going, it gets real hot, real hot. Then you begin to add wood. You see, the same is true in our relationship with God. Sometimes we go, man, let me start with the big logs. Fix them, God. Fix this, God. Change my job, God. I'm going to get organized, and I'm going to get in shape, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. And we think those are all the things that we want and need to do, when really what we need to do is start with the small things. Let's start with prayer. Let's start with fasting. Let's start with getting in God's presence. I don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying there aren't practical things that you need to do in order to see that flame. But I'm telling you to see it grow into a big fire. But if you'll get that flame going and then all of a sudden you get in God's presence and you just start getting those things that you're believing for God to work and move in in your life, you get them close to that flame, boom, watch what happens. That's why we do prepare. Because we want to see you begin to experience those things in your life. And what we do is every time we lead out with prepare and we have our kickoff weekend, we really, we start the year with a word, a specific word that's going to guide us. And, and really, it's, it's directive, right? Because this is all about a biblical pattern. As you look in God's word, God always directs and leads through biblical pattern. Bibli seeds, we're going to talk more about it today, but you just heard Alex talk about seeds. The biblical pattern of seeds, seed time and harvest. Fasting and praying. Setting aside, consecrating time to draw near to God. It's a biblical pattern, okay? Having vision and direction and bringing clarity to things. The power of a name. You see, when God interacted with people's lives and how he would transform and actually change their name, Abram to Abraham, Saul to Paul, these interactions, there's power in a name. There's power in a word. Last year, our word for the year was purity, Little did we know God would be purifying and refining us and, and realizing there were things that we were holding on to that he was wanting to remove from us and realizing that he was wanting to do something in our heart and our life. Little did we know that purity would look like it did last year. But he was purifying us. But here's the word for this year because I, here's what I know is that I don't know 
what 2021 will hold. I don't know how good it'll be, how bad it'll be. I don't know if we'll have to shelter in place again. I don't know what's going to happen with COVID-19. I don't, I don't know. And the reality is this, is every single day has a measure of uncertainty. So it's not just compartmentalized to 2020 and all the things that were uncertain and unfamiliar and new to all of us. Every day holds that. But here's what I do know. That if we will grow in 2021, if we will intentionally pursue growing, it's going to be a great year. The word for the year is grow. Now, if you've been around me, if you kind of get in my orbit any amount of time, you're going to realize I get real passionate about this. I get real passionate about it in my own life. I get real passionate about it in your life because I love to see when people grow. I love when young people grow. Nothing will make me cry more than a baptism and then seeing young people just run after God and worship God. I'm just telling you, I just get snot-nosed, weepy face, okay? Just, just someone, I said it one time, and I was referring to someone, and I was told I shouldn't have said it, but I'll refer to myself. It was just ugly cry. I'll just ugly cry, you know, when those things happen because it's just, man, God is working and moving. I love seeing young people grow. I love seeing when men and women, when husbands and wives, when they begin to grow and understand. And they ha even yesterday, I'm literally having a conversation with my 10-year-old, and we're talking about, she was sharing some things. She was, she was frustrated, and it was hard. And, I, and she was like, I just feel like, you know, it's just hard to tell you these things sometimes. And I said, I'm so glad you're telling me that. Because you're learning what so many of us have to learn. You just have to have the conversation. Already at 10 years old, I'm teaching her how to have the conversation. What is she doing? She's growing. And here's the crazy thing is, my prayer and her growing in her relationship with God and growing with me and her mom, that was one of the things I wrote on my prepare prayer guide two years ago in 2018. And it's amazing to see how God has been doing that over the years. You see, we want you to grow Growth happens. I think of the stories. You're going, okay, Chris, you're telling me about you. You're telling me about my life. What about other people that have been a part of Prepare that have grown? See, because something happens when we get in the environment and when we begin to grow. Something happens when we're, we're in that context and when we're in that atmosphere. I think of Daniel and Tara Parton. Daniel and Tara just started coming in June. And, uh, and they actually came. Their first Prepare was the fall Prepare that we did. Uh, this past uh, August, September time. And I remember I was talking to Daniel about preparing. What was it? And he said, man, I, 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 this is the first time I've ever done a full three-day fast. So you want to talk about, hey, you're in good company. He's like, I've never really done this. I'm stepping all in. I'm gonna, and I said, well, what was it that God began to do? He said, I was really, I'm in a, he's in an industry in a field where it's all about your KPIs. You got to hit your quotas and you, you, there's all these performance evaluations, right? And so he's saying, man, I, I was just stressing about work, but I began to realize God began to show me through prepare that, you know what, I needed to see things the way he saw it. I needed to see work and business the way he saw it. And he said, I didn't like, you know, stop working. I kept working. I wasn't just expecting God to do something. But I began to see things, see work, see life, see marriage, see my family the way God saw it. And he said, December was the best month I have ever had. And it wasn't that I wasn't working. It was just I began to see it differently. And it was like God was leading me along. You see, that's what begins to happen when you get in his presence and you begin to see things the way he sees it. I think of another couple, Daniel and Rochelle. And I know you're thinking, well, is this only like our prepare story is only limited to people named Daniel? Well, if your name is Daniel, then yes, I'm ready to hear your story. No, they just happen to have the same name. 
But what I love about this story is this, as you heard Alex say it earlier, every weekend is someone's first time. This particular Sunday, a year ago, was Daniel and Rochelle's first time. It was Sunday prepare kickoff. So they hear me talk about fasting, prayer, get a guide, come to pre-service prayer. He said, my wife had fasted a little bit. I had never fasted. He's from Southeast Louisiana. The only thing they do fast is talk and eat. That's it. They didn't know what fasting was about, you know? And so he said, but I decided we're going to go all in. We're going to go all in. And so he fasted, prayed, came to pre-service prayer. I mean, he, look, here's the best part about it. Because he tells me later on, he wasn't even saved at the time. He just came because his wife said, we going. Okay, so he's here at pre-service prayer at six. They're coming to service every night. He's fasting. A month later, we had our 101. You hear us talk about growth track, our 101 class. He comes to 101, gives his life to Jesus in 101. Since then, they've been to 201. They've been to 301 serving. They've been a part of serve day. They were at this past service at the first service, holding the door, serving here because of what God did in his life prepared. But here's the other thing. You know, we talked about believing and praying for God to work and to move in our lives. Well, this past fall, they wrote down on their prayer card, believing for God to work and move in their family, that he would expand their family. And it had been a journey they'd been on believing and trusting God for a child. And there had been lots of ups and lots of downs and lots of challenging moments. Well, what I love is when he sent me this picture and he was sharing his story with me, he said, what's even more exciting, Pastor Chris, is next year at Prepare, there's going to be a little addition in this picture because they're pregnant. And it's just amazing. Now, you, now, now, don't hear what I'm not saying. You're going, so, Pastor Chris, are you saying if I come to Prepare and I write, uh, I'm going to get pregnant, you know, that, that if I come to Prepare, I'm going to have a child with it. I'm not coming. I'm done. I don't want any more kiddos, okay? You, you sold me there. I'm not. No, no, no. It's not about you're going to come and whatever you write on the wall, God's just going to give you. This isn't about coercing God. This isn't about, it's about growing. It's about, God, I'm going to set aside time. I'm going to be intentional. I want to be in your presence. I'm going to step out from my norm and what I'm used to doing. And I want to see you work and move in my life. I want to build a foundation. This is all new to me. You're, you may be in here this morning, and what you're hearing right now is like foreign to you. I just assumed could be speaking a foreign language. That's what it was for Daniel. And yet, what did he do? Something inside of him said, I want to grow. And they came to service Monday night, and he fasted. And then they came to, to pre-service prayer. And then they came, and, they came, and God began to work and move. It's just taking steps along the way to see God work and move. And this whole premise is set around growth. I want you to open up your Bibles, 1 Samuel chapter 2, because you may be wondering, well, where does this premise of growth come from? What does that look like? Where do we get this from? What does God's word say about growth? And, and I want to share with you a story of, of, a, of a woman named Hannah and her son Samuel. Now, Hannah was barren. She, she couldn't have children. And she had what the, what the word actually called and referred to as rivals. And they would mock her and tease her about not being able to get pregnant. And so she trusted God. She said, God, if you just give me a child, I'm going to dedicate this child to you. I'm going to consecrate this child to you. I'm going to give this child back to you. And so God answered her prayer. And she had a son named Samuel. And actually, the name Samuel actually means God hears. And so sure enough, she brings Samuel to Eli, the priest, who serves in the tabernacle. The tabernacle is what represented God's presence. That's where God's presence resided in the Old Testament. I talked a little bit about that last week. 
And so Samuel is growing up here in the tabernacle. And, and he's in God's presence. And, and look at what it says in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 21, when we're looking at this premise of growing and what it looks like and how this impacted Samuel's life. It says, And the Lord was gracious to Hannah. She gave birth to three sons and two daughters. So God didn't just answer her prayer just like God. He does exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever ask, think, or imagine. Side note. Okay, that's not even what I'm preaching on, but just see. God just shows off there, right? It's like, I'm not just going to answer your prayer and give you one child. Here's what, if my math is right, here's five others, okay? And then it says, meanwhile, though, while his siblings are at home, it says the boy Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. He's not just growing physically and maturing physically. He's actually growing in the presence of God. He's growing spiritually in his relationship with God. goes on, verse 26 It says, and the boy Samuel continued to grow in stature and in favor with the Lord and with people. He's growing in favor. He's growing in stature. In fact, this is akin to something maybe you've read before and sounds familiar to you. And you find it in Luke chapter 2 verse 52. In reference to Jesus, it says, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. That's my prayer for you that you had grown wisdom and stature and favor with God and man this year. Grow. God's designed us, wired us. He's called us to grow. I I actually pray, this is what I pray. I pray this over my kids every single night. Some of you, you may pray the exact same thing. But this is my prayer for you. It's my prayer for me. It's my prayer for my own children in my own home every single night. God, may we grow in wisdom and stature and favor with you and man. This is how God designed it. This is how he wired it. Now, the story goes on, and it says that as Samuel grew up in the temple and he's in God's presence, there was one moment where he actually hears God's voice, audible voice of God. He actually thought it was Eli, the priest. And so he goes to Eli. And this is what it says in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 19, as we continue to read in the story. It says, And the Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and, the, and let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. You see, Samuel was growing in his relationship with God. He was beginning to hear God's voice, and he was continuing to grow. You see, Samuel's growing in his relationship with God. He's in God's presence. And it's the same way in which we grow. When we give our life to Jesus, we grow in a relationship with him. And so the same way that we begin to grow when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, that's the same way we continue to grow. In fact, Paul writes in Colossians, and and I want this verse, Colossians chapter 3, this really is going to be, I'm sorry, chapter 2, this really is going to be really a verse that I want to encourage you. Write it down in your prayer guide. Let this be the verse for the year. For you, for us, for this season. It says, Paul writes and he says, And now just as you accepted Christ, Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Ongoing. Continue, continue, continue. You can continue to grow the same way Jesus continued to grow. The same way Samuel continued to grow. Same way you grow. Same way you started growing when you accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. The same way you're going to continue to grow in Christ. It's a spiritual aspect and there's a spiritual component to it. 
That's why we do what we do. Again, prepare. What is it? It's an accelerant. It accelerates, right? Boom, it jumpstarts what God is igniting in our life. Growth. We're looking for growth. I want you to grow. It says, let your roots grow down deep into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Again, biblical pattern here. Growth. Roots. You know, I, I shared with you when I think about roots, you think about plants, you think about trees. You know, I, I was in the Pacific Northwest. When you look at these trees, there are massive trees there. Okay, we don't have necessarily massive trees. As I was uh, in, in, uh, in the uh, Seattle area, and I shared with you how me and uh, Pastor Tyron, Pastor Pat, we did the Wonderland hike, 100 miles around Mount Rainier. We're hiking all this elevation, and we're in, this, in the forest and in the trees, and we're walking through, and it's just massive trees. I mean, just massive and when you think about a tree, what's amazing to me is you look at how massive that tree is, how big that tree is. It starts as a little sapling, and it grows, and it grows, and it grows, and it becomes this huge tree. And if you were to take a tree, and when it gets cut down, and you look, you can look at the, at, 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 at the tree itself, and you see these rings. And, and many of you know this. You learn this in science, perhaps. These rings represent what? They represent growth. The years in which the tree has grown. And as you study, and I was looking at this, it's actually the, the light rings represent the growth that happens in, early, in uh, spring and early summer. And then the dark rings represent the growth that happens in late summer and in the fall. And you think, well, what about the winter? Well, here's what happens in the winter. The tree may not be growing, but the tree is preparing to grow. Because it's in the winter that the roots go down deep. It's where the roots grow down deep because guess what? The surface is cold, right? It's, it, it could be potentially freezing and what are the roots doing? They're going down deep to get warmth, to get the nutrients, the soil that's warm and the roots are going deeper and the deeper the roots go, the higher and the bigger the tree can grow. That's what I want for you. That's what we're looking at for you. That's what we're believing for for you. That's what I want for you is that you would grow. But the same way you look at Samuel's life, what's interesting is Eli the priest who was overseeing the, the tabernacle and who was leading Samuel had two sons and they were wicked. And so it says that Samuel grew in wisdom and stature. He is growing, but yet there's a contrast of what it looks like when you don't grow. How many of you know people? There is a contrast between those who grow and those who don't grow. Uh, let me give you a little practical example. First is this. Someone who doesn't grow, someone who doesn't look to grow, says, I I've already arrived, whereas someone who's wanting to grow, guess what? They actually want to grow. Imagine that. When you're listening to what I'm saying, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, pastor, heard this before, been in lots of sermons, gone to church my whole life, heard all this, got it, no, no, no. Then you've already arrived. You see, I want you to grow, but I can't make you grow. I can't, there's an old country song, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Some of you heard it. 
I can't do it for you. If you already feel like, oh, I've already arrived, I have it all figured out, well, then there's really not. So you can say you want to grow, but someone who actually wants to grow says, no, 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 I'm going to press in. I'm going to do something new. I'm going to do something different. Or, or perhaps it's something like this. I'm looking for a shortcut versus I'm going to follow God's pattern of grow as you go. See, we get impatient. God, I want it now. I want to grow. I want to figure it out. Well, listen. It doesn't, there's no shortcuts to what God wants to do in our life. As you walk in obedience and as you take steps, you see, the world starts with success. God's word starts with stewardship. You want to grow? Be faithful with the little. Watch, God will entrust you with the big. It's amazing how today it's so easy. And sometimes, I'll be honest, we kind of we categorize it around the youth and this generation because they may be on social media a little bit more. But let me tell you, there are well-meaning adults that are in their 50s and 60s that think the exact same way. So it's not just limited to a younger generation, and it's not just limited to social media. The deception is this, is that if I have this following, and maybe if I am on social media and I'm a social media influencer because I have all this following. I am successful. But what have you steward? You're in your fifth marriage. You can't clean up your room. You can't hold down a job. Listen, I'm not talking about things that are outside of your control, challenges and things like that. I'm talking about stewardship. God's word starts with stewardship, not success. So you start looking and going, okay, God's pattern. It doesn't matter how old I am, how experienced I am, how long I've been serving the Lord. I'm just going to grow as I go. I'm just going to keep taking steps, and I'm just going to keep honoring God. I'm just going to keep growing. God, you're asking, okay, you know what? I fasted uh, uh, just uh, in the evening last year prepared. This year I'm going to fast all day long. You know what? Last year I did smoothies. This year I'm going to do just water. What is it? It can be something practical to, you know what? God, I've been in small groups for the last five years. Maybe it is time for me to lead a small group. I don't know what to do. What do I say? I don't, you don't have to have a theology degree to do that. Just simply be one step ahead of someone else and be willing to point them in the right direction, and that's Jesus. That's the difference between someone who grows and, and, and who doesn't grow. Or, or maybe it's someone that says, man, I hear what you're saying, Pastor Chris. I've tried religious activity. But someone who wants to grow says, no, 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 I'm going to fully submit to God's way of growing. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to fully submit. I'm not going to try and go through all the routine. I punched the card. I showed up to service. I served. Because listen, make no mistake. You could be around all the things of God and not be growing. You could be doing all the religious activity. You can go to 101, 201, and 301. You can be a part of a small group. You can lead a small group and not be growing. I look at myself and I go, God, what are you calling me to do? I've been serving the Lord 21 years. I've been in full-time ministry since I gave my life to Jesus. It'd be easy to go, oh, well, you know, I'm just, I'm kind of doing the work of the kingdom and assume that I'm growing. No, God, I want you to do a work in me. I need to grow. So this is for all of us in every phase of life, in every step along the way. It's not about religious activity. God, I want to submit to your way of doing it. And what begins to happen is, or, or maybe it's this, I can tell you what's important in life, but I actually prioritize. I actually prioritize and invest in the, those things. You see, someone who grows actually prioritizes it. It's the difference between aspirational and actual. 
You can aspire. We all should aspire. In fact, most of us do. We're in a season. New Year's resolution. I'm aspiring to better things. I'm aspiring to those big logs you talked about, Pastor Chris. You know, it's kind of like, well, what about the principle? Put the big rocks in and then put all the sand in around it. And it okay, two different things. We're talking about God igniting something in your life. We're not talking about prioritization of, of organizing your time and your schedule. But when it comes to this aspect of growing... You can say you want to grow all day long, but until you actually prioritize it, it's on your calendar. It's represented in your checkbook. It's part of what you're giving your time to. Then you can say and aspire to it all day long. It isn't actual. But if you want to grow, you begin to prioritize it. You begin to prioritize it. It becomes a part of your life. You see, what begins to happen is this. My prayer for you is this, is that there's a measure of stability that comes into your life because you're pursuing and growing in him. It's the principle of seeds. It's why we're doing a series called Seeds. Because the principle of seed time and harvest is not limited to finances and resources. It's about the principle of what I plant, I will reap. I can remember as a young Christian, I was probably 19 or 20 years old, and I'm just telling you, I was a mess. I needed God to do a work in my life. I've been serving him for six months or a year, and I can remember the Lord began to speak to me. And he placed on my heart, he said, I want you to fast every other day. I was like, well, okay, like for this week? And he said, until I tell you to stop. And it was probably about six months, I fasted every other day. Now, I'm not telling you that's what we're doing. You'd be like, yeah, yeah, okay, I'm going to church down the road. They only do three-day fasts like y'all used to do. I'm not fasting every other day, Pastor Chris. Okay, I'm not telling you we're calling an every other day fast. What's the point? The point is this. I had no idea. I wasn't super spiritual. I wasn't trying to have religious activity. I just knew what God was asking of me. What was it? It was a principle of him calling me to grow. And so as I did that, what was I doing? I was planting the seeds that I would need as I began to face challenges as I grew as a young man, as then I stepped into a relationship, as then when I got engaged and then I got married and then we have children. It's amazing. You live any amount of time, let me just tell you, the more opportunity you're going to have to face challenges and trials. But the seeds that you plant will be the trees that you'll reap the fruit from later on if you're planting well. If you're planting well. So what does it look like? What, what are some things? I'm going to give you two real simple things, two characteristics people who grow spiritually have. First is this. They consistently grow in God. They're consistently in God's presence. When you're in God's presence, you just want more. You want more. You want more. You're growing. Think about it. When you're hungry, some of you, you don't just get hungry. You get hangry, okay? You're like, man, I'm ready to eat, okay? It's like a child. When a child, an infant is hungry, they let you know. So the same way that a child who is hungry will let you know, if that child is not letting you know they're hungry, what do you, what you begin to realize something's not right. Perhaps the child is sick. Something's not, something's not working the way that it should be, right? The same is true in our relationship with Christ. If you're professing to be a Christian and say, I have a relationship with Jesus, but there's not a longing in you to want to grow, something spiritually may not be right. Something spiritually may be a little sick, a little off, because if, you're grow if you have a relationship with Jesus, there should be a longing in you to want more, to want to grow. If not, then you just might have religious activity. You may just be going through the motion. You're like, man, Pastor Chris, you kind of like you a little, you seem a little fired up about it. No, no, I'm passionate because I want you to grow. 
I want you to walk in the fullness of who God's called you to be because something happens. I was hearing a story yesterday of a, of a woman who, uh, a lady who was actually in attendance last week, gave her life to the Lord at service. She texted this woman. This woman was sharing with me. Said, man, she texted me. It was kind of like, okay, I'm ready to be all in. And the lady's like, well, okay, what are you specifically talking about? And, and like really dialed in. And so she was like, I gave my life to Jesus. I want more. And so this lady was like, she's all excited, fired up, ready to help her, encourage her. What was that? That's a young, new Christian going, I'm hungry. I want more. That's how it should be. See, people who are spiritually growing are in God's presence consistently. Consistently coming into God's presence, wanting more, growing. But here's the other thing, is they intentionally are walking in God's purpose. Intentionally walking in God's purpose. You see, there's a lot of things that I may be responsible for, but there's only one thing outside of Wendy and my girls that I'll stand before the Lord for, and that's how I stewarded you. God's going to say, how did you steward the McKinney campus? How did you steward those that I entrusted to you? How did you help them grow? So we created a very strategic plan to help you grow. Now, normally we've never done this before. I've never done this before. Pastor Jeff has never done this before. We actually laid out a plan for you. To go, hey, let me, now we've, we've, we've created a plan, but we've never like shared the plan. Like, hey, here it is, you know, uh, prepare kickoff. Here's how we are going to help you grow. Because we don't just want to fire you up about growing. We want you to show, we want to show you that we are dialed into going. We have created a process to help you grow. But listen, vision precedes strategy and process. You see, the vision is we want to see you grow. And so here's how we're laying it out. First is seeds. We're doing seeds. And as I said earlier, we're going to learn the principle. If you want different, then you got to do different. What are you planting? That's what you will reap. If you don't like what you're reaping, then maybe what you're planting isn't the thing that you should be planting. And we want you to grow and engage in that. And again, as I said earlier, some of you, the way you can grow is you need to step out and lead a group. But then we're going to move into April and May. And we want you to grow in your family. The greatest need that we hear about outside of anxiety and fear is family. And you may go, well, I'm a young adult, or I'm a student, or I'm, you know, I'm not married, or I'm not dating yet, or I'm, I'm just engaged. But you, you are a part of a family. What does it look like to be a part of a family? How to win in family? How to win in your marriage? How to win in your relationship uh, with your spouse, with your children, with your siblings, with your parents? Helping you understand and learning to grow. We want you to grow in your family. In June, we're going to learn how to grow in the Holy Spirit. Spreadsheets, thank you. Plans, thank you. Grateful. Yes, strategies, yes. At the end of the day, the Holy Spirit trumps all of that. We need God's word. We need his presence. It's, it's spirit and word that's going to lead us. And we're going to learn. We're going to learn. What does it look like to be spirit-led and grow in our relationship with the Holy Spirit and have him working and moving in our heart and our lives because we need it. And then July, we're going to dial in. We're going to say, hey, we're going to focus on you growing in your purpose. Because if you are connected to the people of God and the purpose of God, you're growing. I'm just telling you. Because when you are, boom, that's what begins to happen. And you feel fulfilled. See, why am I showing you all this? Because I want you to know we're not just talking about let me hype you up and rah-rah you about growing. We got a plan to help you grow. It's be like, oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah, grow, grow, grow. Okay, okay. Yes. Listen, is it foolproof? 
No, but the power is not in the plan. It's not in the graphic. It's not in the schedule. It's not in the titles. The power is in his presence. And so that's why we start with prepare because we're starting off and going, hey, boom, I want to be in God's presence. I want to step out. I want to grow. 